If you're looking for a used car that won't break the bank, get down to Democrat Used Cars, where we'll do anything to get your vote. Yeah, this 78 Bernie Sanders comes with free health care and free college. Let me tell you what this political movement is about. And our Buick Bidens have more good features than you can count. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. But best of all, every vehicle is certified by Carfax, so you'll know exactly what you're buying. This Elizabeth Warren red Jeep Cherokee is actually a white Suburban. Democrat used cars, where the deals will always surprise you. Dang it, who let Beto drive? I believe that together we can make America great again. Here we go, here we go. They are selling used cars out on that campaign trail today, Sean Barry. Oh, yeah. America's fired up this morning. It's a Wednesday. On Everybody Calm Down, I, of course, Jimmy Fallon, the host of this fine program, head writer for the Kennedy Program, which you can watch on the Fox Business Network Monday through Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If that's not enough Jimmy Fallon for you, and how could it be? You can hear me every Monday and Thursday hosting Blue Rush, the New York Giants, New York Post football podcast, the official football podcast of the New York Giants. That's awesome. We're still doing it. We're not, we're not paying attention to the standings. We're not checking. We just do it, Sean right. Barry. We just get out there. Uh, and, of course, you can hear me today uh, and all week long on Fox News Radio, Fox Across America, which is on from noon to 3, Monday through Friday. I will be hosting that fine program about one hour from now which explains why we aren't having our usual pre-show mictors. Right, right. Or at least on the air. We're not admitting to it anyway. No. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying anything. Yeah, also, uh, also, I won't be doing that show, so oh, I'm, in, Sean, I'm in the clear. Yeah, you're in the clear. <laughs> so, yeah, Sean might be having a pre-show mictors. Who knows what's in that thermos? Daniel Turner's on the show today. He's going to join us shortly. He, of course, is uh, the founder and executive director of Power the Future. I like that. These guys, the names they come up with. I know. You think we had Cliff, Cliff uh, Maloney on yesterday, Young right. Americans for Liberty? Really sounds so fancy. Right. Like, wow, I, I got to get into this. And then I hang out with these guys. They're like pouring cologne through a slice of bread to get the alcohol out of it. <laughs> but they sound like, I'm like, these guys, wow. If I could only aspire to be as yeah. astute and on top of things as they are. But I think that's the secret sauce is that we actually are. You know, the closer I've gotten to like the powers, uh, 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 the levers of power and the people who really influence policy in this country, mm-hmm. I, I'm not at all intimidated. I used to be. Like when I was driving a cab, I'm like, ah, oh, but these geniuses in Washington. And then you get to Washington and you're like, ah, oh, but those genius cab drivers back home <laughs> really changes everything around, Sean Barry. Uh, but it's a big night uh, today on, on the radio with me because I have Pat Dixon on the show. We both, we get on great with Pat Dixon. Love Pat. Host of the New York City Crime Report. And tonight on Kennedy... The debut, of course, because tomorrow's Halloween, of Kennedy's Costume Quiz. Mm. We did this wacky Halloween game show that I wrote up with the staff. And to be honest with you, this one's predominantly the staff. Um, It's great. It's really good. Like the questions, the way they formatted it, really, really good. I'm excited to watch it. Um, We did have a little bit of an issue because you know how we do like like almost a Kardashian with her K's? Right. So everything's Kennedy's, you know, Kennedy's court is with a K. Got it. As you would imagine, Kennedy's costume quiz, K-W-I-Z, left the graphics department in a bad position. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, can you call it something else? Right. We were like, no, but we can change it to quiz with a Q because I know that would be insensitive to some people. Mm. Because the last thing we want is a, a KKK reference or even anything remotely close to a Nazi reference around Halloween. Because not only is that insensitive to their victims. 
but it's cultural appropriation from Prince Harry, who once famously dressed <laughs> right. as a Nazi. I know. Prince Harry dressed as a Nazi for Halloween. What the hell did you just That's say? a true story. Oh, I know. I've seen it. I remember those pictures thinking, what is this kid thinking? Unbelievable. It's amazing that this is the key. I figured this out. I accused you of this, I believe, on yesterday's episode. The people who draw so much attention to their good deeds are generally just distracting from something else. Like, you know, Justin uh, Trudeau in Canada yeah. is such a woke jackass. Mm -hmm. It's not when someone said, oh, would you say this is the greatest thing in mankind? And he goes, first of all, I see it as people kind. Mm. Like, are you kidding me, you pandering loser? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But the point is, then that woke guy gets found in blackface. Right. You know, that's what he does. Woke, 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 woke. And then he's wearing blackface. That's just how white folks will do you. Uh, people are very vocal today in the studio. But the point <laughs> is, that's usually, you know, how people get over on us. Well, isn't usually, Prince Harry. Isn't usually the person who's so up in arms about uh, gays and, and gay marriage to always oh. the, clo the most closeted? Oh, nobody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> nobody likes taking a knee more than the guy who's trying to convert you out of your gay. Yeah. You know? Uh, you, you'd be shocked at some of his conversion methods. I mean, <laughs> you'd be really amazed. Sean Barry, uh, but it's a quick day on the show today, so we take a fast break because Daniel Turner is on the Michter's voice line right now. Nice. And he's excited to get this appearance out of the way because the man wants his Michter's. It is so funny. <laughs> I have the most powerful podcast recruitment tool ever in the history of podcasts. People are coming up to me in the building. In every building I walk in, I work at the Post, I work at Fox, I work at comedy clubs. At Delhi. We are the only podcast in the world. We don't have a booker. We have people booking themselves on the show. They're like, hey, I heard you give out a bottle of whiskey. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's six in the morning. You want to relax? We'll get it to you. Can I get it before the show? No, you cannot get it before the show. You're driving a school bus for the love of Pete. Daniel Turner joins us on the Mictors Voice Line for his bottle of Mictors when we come back. And now, great moments in presidential history. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. Uh -huh. Oh, girl, plan enter the dragon because this next guest was going to kung fu down my office door and steal his bottle of Mictors if I didn't get it to him on time. Uh, he is the founder of Power the Future, one of the best panelists we have on Kennedy, and dare I say, maybe the finest tie collection on Kennedy. Daniel Turner joins us on the Mictors voice line. Good morning, Daniel Turner. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. And thanks for the compliment on the ties. I'm glad someone notices. Now, nobody else, you don't get any respect, Rodney Dangerfield. I, I give you respect. You get some respect. <laughs> you get some respect. I, that was a nice, that was a, it was like a yellowy blue thing, like a nice pattern, but it popped well off the coat. You did a good thing. Well, now that I know that you are watching, Jimmy, I will always select my ties with utmost care. <laughs> well, listen, man. Well, Jimmy has the same color tuxedo jacket. Yeah, I, I have the matching jacket and pants to go with that tie. <laughs> Daniel, one, one of the security guards at Fox, a uh, black gentleman, says, I dress like Easter in Atlanta. 
because <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> like I don't know. My my actual come to Jesus moment was we filmed a WWE promo like two weeks ago uh, with Dolph Ziggler, great friend of the show, and uh, they gave me a pink boa for the promo. And I wow. walked through the lobby in it to get to the wrestling ring outside, and no one batted an eyelash. And I was like, I guess it's time to start. Yeah, I got to start toning down my look if no one even notices a pink boa. So, so that was that was my uh, that was my fine intervention. But thanks for joining us, man. You did a good thing today. I want to clue uh, my people in on your organization because Power of the Future um, to me. I will read the description, and then you can put this into plain English, just so everybody's mm-hmm. clear. Because again, this is a show hosted. You hear the accent. This is a. Sure. <laughs> I'm a community college graduate, Daniel Turner. This is you know, this is not highbrow people. I mean, they're high people. They're not highbrow people. But here it is, uh, a 501c4 with a mission of offering truth, facts, and research that'll enrich the national conversation on energy, which basically means you're raising beer money through the guys that you care about natural resources. Is that what this is? I care deeply about natural resources and what it really means without having to put it in confrontational language because no one likes someone who's too pugnacious from the outset, right? But what it really means is I battle the green groups in rural America Uh where they go into these little tiny towns and they say, hey, we don't like the fact that you're drilling for oil. So we're going to get someone like Bloomberg to give us a million dollar grant and we're going to shut it down. And they do. They win. Everyone applauds and they say, hey, we saved the earth. And then they leave. And the 800 guys who worked in this industry, uh-huh. they're all unemployed and yeah. their wives have no money and their kids are pulled out of school. And I see this across America Sheesh. and I started an organization to fight them on the local level. All right. No, that's actually commendable. So mm-hmm. look at you. You're trying to take back these small towns. You're the guy who goes in and tells Aaron Brockovich to stick it, so to speak. I'm kidding. <laughs> a, a, a little bit. And, and it's totally uh, odd for me because I'm from Queens. I mean, I'm not a rural person. In fact, no offense to them, I don't like nature very much. I don't like rural America. Animals scare the crap out of me. I am much safer in a city that I can control my circumstances. I mean, I've lived in cities my entire life and all my family is still between Queens and Manhattan. Uh-huh. I, I'm safer with people than I am with trees and bears. Well, and Well, the nice thing, Daniel Turner, is when you go into one of these rural towns with an accent like you or me, no one's messing with you because they assume you're in the witness protection program. <laughs> like, well, this, yeah, exactly. This, this guy's going to have me whacked right here at Shoney's, so I'm just going to let him hydrofrack because I don't want any trouble. I love that they chose you for this mission for that exact reason. Do you show up in a matching tracksuit with a chain on? I do. I, do. I slick bag. Well, I wish I had all my hair. I would slick it back, put on a big pinky ring, and I just told them, look, we're going to have some problems here. Unless <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little store. It'd be a shame if someone fracked right in the middle of it. <laughs> but you give me a couple of bucks. Ah, oh, that's fantastic stuff, man. It's really interesting. The thing I've come to appreciate, um, and being the head writer for what I most people would agree is the best written show on cable news, um, but no, Amen. the best best hosted show, the Ke- Kennedy Show. Um, the one thing uh, that I have been hipped to is how many um, of these types of things are taking place on the ground every day that the average voter doesn't have any idea or even a thing. Meaning, you know, we we see what happens on TV, meaning politicians fighting, but we don't see how policy gets influenced on a local level and how that has a more profound impact on your day to day existence as a, as a, as an American than the stuff going on in Washington. That's a great point. And I think there's a there's an ethos that has taken over the national conversation. And I definitely think President Trump tapped into this a couple of years ago. It really started with, I think, 
that book Hillbilly Elegy. Mm-hmm. But there is this growing movement to say we used to be a country where the majority of people lived in rural America uh-huh. and all of the politicians were from the cities, but they at least respected us because we were the majority. That's mm-hmm. flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. So you have people now like AOC or you know who's an even better example? Eric Yang. Eric Yang mm-hmm. in one of the last debates said, when I become president – I am going to work with our farmers on crop rotation. Wow. And all of my friends and, and benefactors now who are in the agriculture space kind of laughed and said, oh, thank God. Lordy, Lordy, we'll finally have a president who will show me how to rotate my crops because I didn't know how to do this before. You know, there's, this, there's this growing sense of urban America, which is now the majority, saying – you people in rural America, we're going to tell you how to live your life. We're going to tell you about your guns, your crops, yeah. your animal, your energy, your fracking, your coal. And and the sad thing is, since they know nothing about these industries, they go in and they do a lot of damage. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's 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 the one problem is the people. Um, I've never seen this before, and and maybe I'm not old enough. I haven't taken a lot enough laps in this you know political race, um, so to speak. But there, I've never seen such open disdain. For a class of voters like where they'll they'll commonly say like, oh, these idiots, these racists in the middle of the country, these people voting against their own interests. Like, it's crazy to me because yeah. it, it seems like a bad way to court someone's vote, which is like, you, you know, vote for me or you're an idiot. Um, yeah. But this is the thing, because you grew up in Queens, you know, like myself, I grew up on Long Island. Um, we grew up with this uh, like we had this belief that everybody in the country was jealous of us because we lived here. And then I married a girl from Ohio and having spent a lot of time in the Midwest, I'm like, the people in the middle of the country think we're crazy. You know, it's like we're calling them idiots as we're sitting in New York with seven roommates so we can pay rent. Well, they're sitting at home in a one-year-old mansion they bought for $22,000. And we're like, oh, these idiots and their cheap mansions with their stress-free lives. What a bunch of jackasses, you know? Exactly. Do you remember a couple, uh, this is maybe like three or four months ago when, um, Gawker was going through layoffs and people started using the hashtag on Twitter, learn to code. Yes. Oh, you guys got to learn. And Twitter deemed it hate speech, right? <laughs> it was hate speech to tell a fired journalist, learn to code. They say that about rural America all the time. You guys should just learn to code. Yeah. People have no problem saying, well, you're, you're from these backwards hick towns because there is this this, uh, I think, bias that says they really want to be like us. They yeah. want to live in D.C. They want to live they in New don't. York. They want to live in San- – and they don't. They, no. they Maybe they'll come you know, take their wife to a Broadway show once, but they want to get the hell out and they want to go back to where they came from. Mm-hmm. And you have to respect that. You don't have to do it. I'm not – I like I yeah. said, I'm not going to live in, in rural America because mm-hmm. it's not my mm-hmm. cup of tea. But I am going to fight for the people of rural America. Oh, what a hero. I mean, that was that was an impassioned. That was that was nice. We oh. got behind it. Sean stood up yeah. and actually saluted. He started quietly humming America the Beautiful. <laughs> it was very, very <laughs> inspirational <laughs> stuff. This this guy really wants his Michters is what it is. I mean, you're, you're the only guy who asked for the bottle before the interview. I thought it was great. I was like, wow, this Turner guy. Let's talk bourbon for a minute. So you are a bourbon guy. You drink a fair amount of bourbon. Is that what you're telling me? I am. I have a fairly decent collection back home, and you know, I'm, I'm 45 also. Mm-hmm. So at this point, every time it's a birthday or something, mm-hmm. what do your siblings get you? They get you a bottle of bourbon, yeah, it is. Um, which is great because right. we're like, oh, a sweater, yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's just an easy gift. But yep. at this stage, every you know, five, six, seven times a year, you get a bottle, 
And, you know, I got a really decent collection, but Mixers is definitely a favorite. I got others. Okay. Um, yeah. So Look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm a big bourbon drinker. I love that he's, he's pinning it on his relatives. It's like, oh, no, they buy it from me. I had a, Your Honor, I, uh, I got nothing to do with this. I don't even know what's going on. You know what this guy's talking about over here. And I finish off every night. I go up to my rooftop with three cigarettes and, a, and uh, whatever I feel like drinking that night and a glass. And I sit there, and that's how usually in D.C., if I am there and not on the road, that's how I finish off every single night. Oh, and good for you. Very peaceful. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, rooftop booze in the swamp. I love it, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> it's funny. Like, on our show, we have, I mean, we exhaust the mantras that we tell people to be a Michter's guy. And what we mean is we're not even necessarily encouraging them to buy the product, although it's a phenomenal product. The guys who run Michter's, who I have a very strong relationship with, I actually, as crazy as this sounds, I've probably been out to lunch with them a hundred times. I don't even know what their political leanings are. My for real on any level, because they're from that other old school train of thought where uh, you know they don't let politics define them. They're just cool people. Like they they feel like the difference they can make in the world is not by repping for a party, but by repping for cool. So they're just cool. Yeah. They're just low maintenance people. And and you know Antoine Seawright who panels on all the shows. Sure, sure. He said, you know, he had this funny theory about how he's like, yeah, we, um, you know, we've gotten to this place in politics where we whisper about the things that matter and shout about the things that don't. And it's like, well, it's, it's true. Well, most of the things we're shouting about on cable news don't really matter to voters. Like nobody, no, no voters care who the mask whistleblower is at this point. Nobody cares. It's one of those things no. where it's it's not going to end with Trump resigning. It's just something that'll hold the country hostage for a couple of months and create the appearance that he's in trouble because they're hoping that'll hurt him politically. But it's not actually addressing like an issue the way you're on the ground trying to help, you know, uh, counties and small towns hold on to a viable industry. Those are the things people care about. Um, have you noticed in your travels is there are people exhausted from politics at this point or are they as engaged as they were a year or two ago? Like, what is the takeaway in your travels? I think they're absolutely exhausted from the, the, the political talking heads, without a doubt. And uh -huh. I think, like you said, whether it's Ukraine or Joe Biden or Hunter, but that type of stuff kind of they don't really care because it doesn't affect their day to day. Mm -hmm. But a lot of but they are definitely very involved when it comes to. The political issues that are solved in D.C. for some god-known reason, they're only solved in D.C., that do affect them. So, you know, healthcare is probably still the biggest driver because it's so damn expensive. Yeah. But obviously more closely uh, aligned to what I do, you know, mm -hmm. you have these EPA regulations, at least under the last couple Obama years, that they come in and they shut down your whatever. It's If it's oil, gas, coal, even manufacturing, uh -huh. uh, agriculture. Yeah. You know, so those types of issues that they say, what the hell do I do here? You know, I'm yeah. trying to run a business. I'm trying to feed my family. Yeah. Um, and, and I got some bureaucrat in D.C. who can't even locate us on a map, <laughs> right, who's never been here uh -huh. but is deciding policy. Did you see the pushback that the Department of Agriculture is getting because they're trying to send half of their staff to rural America? Oh, wow. And there's a pro they're, they're protesting. They're yeah. like, we don't want to. They were writing anonymous op-eds. We don't want to go to Kansas. It stinks in Kansas. That's <laughs> <laughs> not true. I think Kansas is probably a lovely place. And it's good barbecue. You're making you're making ag policy, and you don't even live near a farm. Doesn't that seem a little strange? It, it is a little silly, and you know, yeah, you know who's the maddest about it though is actually the lobbyist groups because now they have to their commute gets longer. Right yeah. now, it's like you know, <laughs> you land in D.C., you do all your drinking and steak eating in like a two mile radius. 
Now some guy's got to get a Hertz rental car at the counter, drive across some flat state he's never been to before. Can't even pick up a radio station. Yeah, he can't even pick up a decent radio station. It's frustrating for these guys. It is. And you know when it is. I feel that's that's. I feel very bad for them all of a sudden. No one, yeah, no one thinks about the lobbyist. You know what I mean? It's like you finally get into a good groove with a DC escort service. Now you've got to start over in Kansas. I mean, yeah. it's a whole nother world, man. Have you, um, have you spent any time in the Trump Hotel in DC? Because it is, it's got to be so crazy that Rudy Giuliani was having an open lunch with those two guys from Ukraine. Is it? Is that the kind of thing you can just do under the radar there? Because it's that crowded. Like I don't even understand how that was possible. I am not. Um, I'm not cool enough to go there on the regular. I have been, and I've gone. Um, one, it's it's beautiful. They did a very nice it job. Is nice. And I've lived in DC a while, so that old the old post offices we used to call it. Yep. it was just a wasted opportunity, right? It was a glorious old building that had fallen into disrepair, much like DC itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice. They did a good job renovating it. Drinks are outrageously expensive. They are right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not paying thirty four dollars for a Boulevardier. Oh where you know it was made with Maker's Mark, you know yeah. I'm, I'm not, but that's no. what they charge. But yeah, but if you do go, you do see the kids, the Trump kids here and there, and you see a lot of the, a lot of the. the I'm not a big talking head on Kennedy. I love coming on your show, Come but on. I'm not exactly one of the famous ones. Oh, but fan you see A lot of the famous, you know, talking heads, the political operatives. And, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's the place to be seen now. It um, is- it definitely. I, I don't. Yeah, I was going to say that that hotel definitely leads Instagram and political uh, selfies. It's yes. de- it is the app because there's so many tag tags and check ins at that hotel. It's pretty crazy to me. Um, yeah. let, let's talk. Let's shift gears though and talk other hotels because Daniel Turner, uh, you have a <laughs> this this blew my mind because I've spent a fair amount of time talking to you that you mm. have a degree in philosophy from the Pontifical University in Rome, and we're not talking Rome, New York. We're talking Rome, correct? Yes, over, I studied overseas, um, and unfortunately, I found out the hard way after I got my degree and I thought about going to law school that it's not accredited in the United States. So technically, in America, I'm not even a college grad. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the <laughs> University of Phoenix Online in Rome. Exactly. I went to the Trump University, you and I have, I have a degree that counts for nothing. Look at that. You could sell real estate now, and <laughs> you could sell all kinds of fancy real estate. But it, but it also, in your bio, because no one believes us that we prep this show, but we prep the show, and mm-hmm. I even read your bio you legitimately speak three languages italian spanish and french is that true or is that the kind of thing you I, fluff I, I in do. wow no, no no i do I, I studied i took all my classes in italian and then i lived in those other countries um for some time you know i, I didn't really grow up until i was in my 30s but yeah from 18 to 28 29 i lived abroad is it, and wow. uh because yeah. when I, I hear a guy with your accent live uh, speaking three languages, I'm just assuming you owe bookies a lot of money. <laughs> you've, you've had to pull the old relocation three or four times. I mean, the Fala family's been there. I mean, right? we have but, a... But, you know, but I'm at a disadvantage right now because I've been here since Thursday. I've been here for four or five days, um, and we had our local parishes fundraiser last night so i saw all the guys that graduated with 30 something years so my accent has been back strong plus i've been drinking and smoking (laughs) that a boy queens is back in a my queens is back in a vengeance call me tomorrow and and i will sound more like this tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) yeah you go do you go do you yeah you go hard on the weekend too well i gotta tell you i'm trying like 
in doing a whiskey sponsored podcast, I am aggressively pushing alcohol consumption on the masses right now because I feel like if everybody had like a waiting period, you know, they want wait periods to buy guns and they have them in a lot of instances. If there was like a waiting period to tweet about an issue. I think half of the country's problems would be solved because I don't think people care about things as much as they want to create the appearance that they care about things. And are the first to care about. Yeah, and they're the first to care about first. things. And it's like, yeah, we've kind of like, it's really just become the branding exercise in the, in the digital age. And uh, I don't think we care as much as we want to weaponize the fact that we care. So I think, you know, a Daniel Turner 2020 ticket is just more booze and cigarettes. And I think you're going to do better than you think. I'll <laughs> Twitter needs a function that after you hit tweet on a political tweet, like it's got a 10 minute countdown clock. And during those 10 minutes, you can hit the delete button. You know, it doesn't yeah. automatically post uh, yes. be a ten, 10 minute delay before it actually goes live think, and you can rethink it. Yeah. Think about how many careers would be saved. I mean, in the history of Twitter, think about this, Daniel Turner, probably 3 million people have lost their jobs. Only yes. one guy has gotten the job. It happened to be president. <laughs> you have a one in three million chance of landing a job. And it's quite a job. But it's, yeah. the, only, it's the only chance you have of landing a job. It's bizarre. We live in bizarre times, man. Um, we do. But, but I think if you are, uh, uh, Trump and I are from the same part of Queens. He's, you know, one town over. But Queens, is, Queens isn't Queens. Yeah. But where, where you know, there's, there's lots of different communities. But where we are from the same part. Um, I think I always understood him on Twitter uh -huh. because if you know guys from Queens, that's just kind of how they talk. They yeah. are bloviators. They are harp hyperbolic and everything is, everything. oh my God, she was the hottest chick. It was the yeah. best. So when he gets up there and he says it was the most wonderful summit, people get angry because they're saying, well, how could he, how could he claim that? Yeah. It's like, that's how we talk here. It is you know? true. It, so I always liked him on Twitter because it sounded like all the guys I grew up with. Well, it's funny. Were you <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, because everything's frankly the likes of which we've never seen. You know, nobody knows yeah. anything that, you know, it's I've, I, I agree with you there. And I actually, to be honest with you, I think it works for him just because it is his genuine personality. And I think it, more than ever now, people want authenticity, whether they think it's good or bad, they appreciate it because you're watching a lot of people, you know, that are trying to shoehorn their personality into a political avatar and it doesn't really work for them. Like Joe Biden, who, you know, was came under fire for being a handsy guy, you know, at the beginning of the campaign. And, you know, he's a little bit of uh, he's a little aloof and he doesn't always have a great grasp on the facts. But I think he should be embracing that instead of downplaying it, because there's something likable about it. Who doesn't like a yeah. handsy grandpa? Who plays a little loose in conversation? We all have one. It's right. like that's the most relatable thing you could be. Yeah, and, makes inappropriate jokes every now and then, and everyone kind of you know like looks the other way. But absolutely, I, I agree. You know who I thought was a blown opportunity, and 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 it kind of made me sad is Tim Ryan. Yeah. Um. You know, good looking guy. Looks like the guy who played quarterback in high school from from rural Ohio. <laughs> Has always been a career moderate. Uh -huh. um, said he was going to challenge Nancy Pelosi, ran for president. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, yeah. He actually did run for <laughs> president. He dropped out a couple of days ago, right? Mm. But he, as soon as he announced, he became this radical left-wing person. And you want to say, well, Congressman Ryan, there's about 10 people already playing that role. Yeah. Why don't you play the, you know, Jake from 16 Candles, middle America, I'm here to you know support you role. And you may pick up a couple of voters. So I don't understand. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Authenticity is what's selling people right now. And boy, 
Yeah. You can say a lot of things about the 2020 candidates, but authenticity is not a virtue I would give out pretty liberally to them. Unless it no. comes to Bernie Sanders, who I think is always – he is authentic. He yeah. is that crazy, and he always has been. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a funny note, man. It is. In terms of the value of being yourself, like it can't be – I can't you know say enough about it because like – you know. Trump's campaign, I believe, was greatly informed by Mitt Romney's campaign and that Mitt tried to pretend he was one of us. He ran away from his success and he allowed the Democrats to demonize his wealth. So, you know, rather than having this aspirational message of like, yes, I am good at things. I did work hard and make a ton of money. Mitt Romney was inauthentic and it it never holds more true to me than to this, you know, like this very day as we sit here talking where he's just been outed in the past few days for having uh, another avatar on Twitter where he was tweeting the things he really wanted to tweet under someone else's name. Because all that tells you, I mean, it sounds a little gutless, but more importantly than that is it tells you he's not being authentic again, which is his problem. Yeah. You know, Trump, yeah. Trump, for whatever you say about him, Daniel Turner, the one criticism that I am so outraged by, there's a lot of criticisms of Trump that are valid. There's things he does and that's fine. You don't like him. I can't defend everything the guy does personally. But the idea that all of the people who grew up around him and were his friends, who courted his friendship and his money, we're talking Clintons and the Schumers of the world, everybody in political positions of power, the Oprah Winfrey's of the world, they've all come out with this whole, this is not the Donald that I knew defense of how they were friends with them, which is outrageous to me because he's mm-hmm. never been anybody but exactly who he is right now. He's yeah. always been a little crass. He's always been combative. He has never, there was no, there was was no buttoned up version of Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And if you go back and look at like, I think one of the most authentically or one of the most consistent Donald Trump moments that is just like his presidency is the uh, Woman Park uh, uh, skate arena, right? In the Central Park. Mm-hmm. And the online battles. Isn't it called Woman, right? The one in Central yeah, the Park? Woman Rank, yeah. The, the, the online battles he was having with the mayor at the time saying that they're a failure, they're a disgrace, they don't know how to build anything. I can build it now. I can build it for half. I mean, that went on back and forth for months until they finally said, all right, fine, we'll give you the contract. And he built the thing as fast as he said he would, under budget as he said he would. And then he bragged about it to the point that you think he cured cancer, right? And, and he's always been this way. And again, those of us who grew up in New York City, especially during the height of the WWF as it was back then, yeah. seeing him always go to the races and the, and, and jump in the ring with Jesse the body. And he's, <laughs> he's always been this way. And yeah, you know, he did sit down with... Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, and now all of a sudden they're all running away saying, that's not the Donald I knew, and And you're all full of crap. Yeah, it's such a scam. It drives me crazy, man, because I think people... Again, I think politicians in general, regardless of which party, which which side they're on, would all be they would serve the country so much better if they were just who they are, because what we, I guess, learned from a Trump presidency is we don't need this fake veneer of like, you know, this this proper decorum thing. It's a you know, the presidency has always been a beauty pageant and, you know, beauty pageants are pretty buttoned up. Now, all of a sudden we have this this one contestant who in the talent portion is shooting ping pong balls out of a cooch for all intents and purposes. (laughs) Everyone else is playing the violin and wishing for world peace. Trump is up there with ping pong balls. And we're like, who's this girl? Oh, my God, this is amazing. And we can't get enough of it. Daniel Turner. There's a catchphrase you all have to listen for that. I think basically this is a this means 
watch out because what I'm about to say is totally full of crap. And the catchphrase is this. I think we should have a conversation about that. <laughs> they will say, hey, Jimmy, what do you think of blah, blah, blah policy? If the answer is, you know, I think we should have a conversation about that. That means I will say whatever the hell you want to say <laughs> as long as we can change the subject to something else. Yeah. Speaking of pageants and the envelope, please. You know, because that's exactly what that means. I think you can. Uh, I think you can slide a check under my door. Uh, make it out to this Swiss routing number. Thank you very much, uh, Daniel Turner. You've got a check coming in the mail. Uh, it is a glass bottle of Michter's. Uh, let me ask you this: you you, yes. you are a predominantly a bourbon guy. I will send I am. you. So if you wanted to send me the ten-year single barrel, oh. I will gladly. Oh, take it. Daniel Turner will get. <laughs> Nice. See how he upgraded himself too. Like He's that. like none of the U.S. one best, you know, none of that straight, you know, bourbon. No, no, you got that ten year. He's like, if you got the uh, five thousand dollar bottle of celebration, I'll, you know, I, I just to help out. You, you do that for me, right? He's got the list right in front of him. All the, I know. He's sitting there scrolling yeah. the page right now. He's like, wow, this. Is, he's like, this interview is going good. I can probably get a bottle of the ten year. I'm running a simple nonprofit charity. You know, the least you guys could do is, is show a little love. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I know you're hanging out in West Virginia. Don't spike my fancy mixers with Mountain Dew. That's all I ask, okay? <laughs> I, I owe you big, man. I'll, I'll see you in the green room soon, okay? It was a pleasure to be on with you guys. Oh, Thank anytime. You very much. We'll do it again, Dan. Take care. There he goes, Daniel Turner, everybody. A legend. Uh, it's not often you get two of these accents on one show. <laughs> <laughs> I love his accent because it's like mine. You know what I mean? He's fantastic. He's a really sharp guy. It is amazing, Sean. This is the one thing that throws me about the intelligent people that are from where we're from is you don't associate our accent. You know, me and Daniel Turner sound like two guys who are selling TVs on the Cross Bronx Expressway. Like, it fell off the back of a truck. And, like, you hear someone as bright as him, and it's like you're almost a little bit thrown by it. Um, It reminds me of when I was driving a cab. I didn't know this. But there are a massive tens of millions of Asian people who live in Australia. Hmm. And I did not know that was a thing. I had never cross-referenced that anywhere in my life. At the age of 30. Regionally. Yeah, regionally they're right there, but I didn't know that. So at the age of 30, I was driving a cab. Um, I picked up a woman on Bleecker Street, right at Bleecker and Broadway by the Coastside Diner, who jumped in my cab with the heaviest Australian accent I've ever seen. She was like a 90-pound Asian woman. It was gorgeous. And I was so fucked up about it. Like, I thought it was like a hidden camera prank show or something. Good day. Yeah, like a straight crocodile hunter, but a a female Asian woman. Gorgeous. And I had to pull over after the ride and try to wrap my tiny brain about it. And this was like before I had an iPhone, so I couldn't even Google it right away. There was nothing I could do. But since there and try to you know try to contemplate that such things were even possible mm-hmm. in my little community college brain so daniel turner congratulations on being the australian asian of this show uh, a quick break we'll come back with some quick headlines and wrap it up on everybody calm down Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. 
He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump. The fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. There it is. There it is. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Greatest time to be here. Everybody calm down. Hosted by Jimmy Fallon. Produced by the Honorable Sean Barry. You, you. Sponsored by the fine folks at the Mictors Distillery. Don't be a Republican. Don't be a Democrat. Be a Mictors guy. Do not let your politics define you. Even if you're a politician, don't let your politics define you. Right. Wasn't that the lesson from Daniel Turner? I think so. Be cool. Just be cool. People right. want cool people. They don't want this fake, you know, I'm compassionate. I care about every issue. I want every voice. Nobody does. Nobody cares about every issue. Right. There's not a one-size-fits-all thing it's out exhausting. there. You, it's you just that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's exhausting. Be yourself. Right. It's a Chris Cornell lyric. Be yourself. What is the rest of the lyric? It's like, be yourself. And, is all that you can do. and we love Chris Cornell. Yeah, we I, probably shouldn't be giving life advice from a guy who hung himself, well, but we still love him. It doesn't, him. Him, doesn't make us love him any less. That's right. Chris Cornell, maybe his greatest achievement for me, or, or is uh, beyond his musical contributions, is that he is the reason that I have blown most of my accumulated wealth on speakers. <laughs> because I was over your house one day. Right. Sean Barry's professional audio engineer. You have these flashy, fine-ass speakers that you're editing on. Mm -hmm. And you had thrown on, I believe it was like Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. But when the drums dropped in and I heard the low end, and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Cut to me turning tricks behind a PC Richards so I could buy more of those Bose speakers I like so much. Really badass stuff. A uh, couple of quick things before we go. you got to check me out on Fox News Radio today. Pat Dixon is on, host of the world-famous New York City Crime Report. We're going to have a good time. I love Pat. I'm uh, very pro Pat Dixon. He does a great tasteless joke. Do you want to hear it? Because I know we can't tell it on Fox. Yes. So tasteless, and it's a wonderful joke. Don't get upset about this. The show's called Everybody Calm Down. But he goes, uh, he talks about people having sex on planes. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, I, uh, I fingered a girl on a plane. He goes, and, uh, you know, right as we're doing it, all of a sudden we hit some turbulence, and I'm like, well, this is going to wake her up. <laughs> oh, good God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that's it. Oh, we're come suing. on. We're going to sue. It's just a joke, people. Yeah. We don't mean it. We don't care. This isn't a serious program. That's a guy. It's a comedian. We gave words too much power is what happened, Sean Barry. Well, I didn't. I mean, you didn't. I didn't. But the rest of the country did. Right. And I mean it over your own lives. The fact that you're out there like seeking offense makes your own life harder. It doesn't mm -hmm. make my life any harder because I don't have to deal with you. You know, you probably get me fired for something from a joke I told somewhere along the line. You know, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home and smoke meat. Yeah. Drink, you know, smoke cigars and drink mictors. I would love that. I mean, come on, man. Fire me. I'm working so hard. People are like, Billy like, yeah, man, it looks like you're doing all right, man. I'm like, oh, dude, it's just a fancier hamster wheel, baby. It is right, just a right. fancy-ass hamster wheel. I mean, we are going hard on this program. I mean, we love it. We're thankful for the opportunity. But it's a crazy time to be alive. Uh, one uh, quick thing uh, before uh, I do let you go, Sean Barry. Mm. Um, did you, because I know you're an MMA guy, did you see this girl over the weekend? We never talked about it. Somehow we made it all the way to Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But did you see the um, the female uh, porn star? She joined MMA and got beat up? No, I actually did not. Um, I've fallen off the MMA uh, 
What happened? Because Connor while. lost? You know, I, was, I had a lot of stock in Connor, let's just say. But I was looking forward to the day he would uh, basically be dethroned, if you will, because I love the amount of trash talk that he would do. Because he always was able to uh, you know, show up and, and basically back up his trash talking, which I absolutely adore. And then I was just waiting for the day, like, well, one day that's going to run out. Uh-huh. And I love that, too, when you trash talk and you get your ass kicked. So it was really like a win-win for me. So you were happy. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was happy either way. And then I kind of just, uh, I don't have to watch any fights for a while. Can I tell you something? I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a, 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 I don't mean to be like a, a bourbon or a whiskey snob. Sure. His whiskey is terrible. I've, I've tried the proper <laughs> it's whatever. The worst and it's it's not very good. thing I've ever drank. Yeah. And I'm a pretty forgiving guy. You know, clearly you don't have the record I have mm-hmm. by discriminating against types of alcohol. You don't wind up in you don't wind up driving a cab at the age of thirty three <laughs> because you were picky about your alcohol consumption. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But his the stuff they make is terrible. Yeah. You know, like I the um whatchamacallit, do you remember that that video that surfaced from last spring where he popped a guy in the head in a bar in Ireland? Yes. Do you remember that? I mean, he was which, getting charged which for that. One? Yeah, I know. Well, there's a lot of it. Well, that was the funniest thing about the video. Jenny and I have been to Ireland. We were there for Sean Flynn's wedding. Uh, greatest guy in the world. Books Gotham Comedy Club. And um, the one thing that's so revealing about Ireland when you watch the McGregor bar fight video mm-hmm. is he sucker punches a guy in the head at the bar, plasters him all over his stool. No one in the bar turns around and even looks. Because <laughs> that's how common that is in right. Ireland that someone just got blasted, excuse me, in the head. Right. No one even looks up. So not, might, nothing. There might, might not even be like a, a Connor a professional fighter thing. That's just Connor Irishman thing. Yeah, that's just, they just popped the guy in the head. Right. Nobody even looked up. They were just, oh, glad. I'm glad he hit a man for once, you know, like or something <laughs> like that. Because they're out of control, man. It's a really funny thing. Everybody should see it one time, you right. know. Uh, I don't know that you should experience, but you'd rather get hit in the head by Connor McGregor than drink his whiskey. Mm. That's why I'm over here pitching Michters. That's right. Pound for pound, the best product by the best people anywhere. But former porn star. Orion Star, which is a terrible name for a porn star, right. suffered a humiliating first-round defeat in her MMA debut. She lost to Elise Reed. Orion Star is a... I actually like Rebecca Brigman as her real name, is mm. a better porn star because it just sounds every day. Right. Sounds like you're getting a porn star that comes over in sweatpants with no makeup on, which is what we all want. Right. We don't want the big production. Well, how about even Becky Brigman? Becky, bro, oh my uh, God. Alliteration. Becky Brigman. Sounds like she showed up straight from the gym, <laughs> the hair tied and a thing. That's who we're after, ladies. Spontaneity. Yeah, it's true. We don't need the dolled up Orion star. Right. We're, really, though. It sounds like you're turning tricks on a planetarium. You know, I don't want that. I mean, I, I don't not want that. I just right. prefer Rebecca Brigman over any uh, over any of them. But uh, she got knocked out in the first round of her MMA debut. This is her right here, by uh. the way. Yeah. Um, and she was she had won her first two fights as an amateur fighter, so she's got a lot of tattoos. This girl too. Uh, hopefully, she turns it around. She gets back on her feet. You know, yeah, on her knees. Oh, Sean Barry, <laughs> come on, man! What? Come on, jobs a living. You, you gonna do that to me? They're like, yeah, she really blew it, and afterwards, afterwards, she lost the match. You know, this this can go on all day. You know, this could go on for days. <laughs> What do you mean humiliating defeat? She's used to going down in front of people. Hey, come on. We got to stop this, Sean. We got to stop this fast. Sorry about that. Unbelievable.
Great episode today. Shout out to Daniel Turner and everyone in the witness protection program. <laughs> Daniel Turner shows up at your house in Charleston, Virginia. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to talk to you about hydrofracking. <laughs> like, wait, what? We got to get a camera crew on that. That's yeah. actually some fun video. Seriously. Well, this is my cousin Vinny. He's here to talk about drilling for shale oil. Oh, he's the best, man. I can't, I'm going to have a mixtures with him this week. I love how he's talking about it. He wishes he had hair to slick it back. I think what he needs is like a really bad wig. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like Maury. Yeah, exactly. Maury and Goodfellas. Uh, check out the Kennedy program tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Costume Quiz, special Halloween edition, pre-Halloween, because Kennedy's off Thursday. Guy Benson filling in. Mm. It's the least he could do. I fill in on his radio show. There you go. But you come help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the show is over. Uh, check me out on Fox News Radio today at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Fox across America. Until then, I'm Jimmy Fallon saying, what are, what are they, Sean? Never do business with a guy whose last name is a city. Right. Never n go near a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Right. Never shoot pool with a guy who brings his own table. Thank you. I agree with that. President Obama. Show's over, folks. Gotta go. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs>